Hello. Hey. Right on time. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, Simon, we have very little time to waste here. The clock yes, is a ticking. Yes. So, if you wouldn't mind, please welcoming some people back. Uh, oh, right. Sorry. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Lewis, my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, please welcome Supreme Court Justice Tommy Cotton. <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, how does it feel to be in the heart of intrigue in the NBA offseason? Oh, uh, good. I'd love to be in the heart of, heart of intrigue. <laughs> That's what Nets Nation is right now. Yeah, definitely. And a uh, tip of the hat to this intrigue and the heart of it, we are <laughs> going to focus unrelentingly, tirelessly on fantasy land for the next three podcasts. Yes. We are going to do an in-depth all access, no holds barred look at where possibly the Nets might make some moves in the offseason. We're going to focus on the three uh, just below stars, stars of the Nets Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, the three tastiest trade pieces we have, and do deep dives into all the potential. Places these people may, these three players may potentially get traded this offseason. We're going to devote an entire week to each of these three people. We're going to talk a little bit, Simon, about the pros and the cons of even trading these people. I don't know that either of us necessarily want to trade them all, but they are certainly, undeniably, irrefutably the three most, um, uh, the three the three best trade pieces the Nets have. Yes. Um, so week one this week, we are focusing on Karis Levert. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. So sweetie. Uh, I do think <laughs> before we get into the Karis trade, which we will imminently, don't worry, this will not turn into a long political or Bud Light Lime um, themed tangent. Uh-huh. Uh, there was one other Nets thing that you wanted to discuss, right? I now totally forgot it, and I didn't write it oh, down. Oh, yes. Uh, Stevie Nash as teacher. Do, 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 do. Ooh, good pedagogy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite topic, pedagogy. <laughs> um, yes, so this will be quick. Uh, just wanted to mention, because I, I had... Um, in a couple of podcasts, both talking about Steve Nash and then in the Old Man and the Three podcast that he was interviewed, Steve Nash himself was interviewed in, uh, some things that I had kind that 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 I that I I thought were interesting and and um, worth pointing out about um, Steve Nash as a coach um, that kind of made me feel more confident and excited about having him. 
Um, one was um, Amin uh, Hassan. Is that his name? Amin Eliasson. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I think that's um, how you say it. He yes. So um, it was uh, he was interviewed by the Glue Guys, and he previously worked in the front office of the Suns um, during a stretch of the time that that Nash um, was there and and having his glory years. Um, and he mentioned something that I think would be like, for example, if we keep Jared Allen, I, I, I think that Steve Nash will be really good for him. Um, because he, something he mentioned was like Steve Nash, when he was a player would like, if, if, if he passed the ball to somebody and that player like biffed the shot or made a stupid decision with it and like fucked up his assist, Steve Nash would be the first to be like, Oh my bad. You know? And instead of like, freezing that player out or yelling at that player he would he would actually go to him he would make sure to go to him again really soon after that to try to say like i still trust you you know you're you you know don't worry about it you can still like flourish and that that was a really good teaching mechanism um that allowed players to kind of get their best out and i think that's a kind of uh that's the kind of technique that i think would be best with a player like jared allen um, or, or other players that, that sometimes I think get in their own heads about, you know, how confident they are, um, and, and worry about, about messing up. Um, so I, I, I just was thinking about, and also Steve Nash on the, on the, um, old man in the three just talked about, you know, his desire to sort of work with players on sort of figuring out how they're most comfortable and, and any sort of system being, based around what would work best for, for the players. And I know Kenny Atkinson talked about that, but I, I believe that Steve Nash will be a bit more, he, he will be much less regimented than, than Kenny was and much less system focused. I think Steve Nash is happy to sort of work with his players to figure out what's, what's best for them. So that's my only um, thing here. So we're now what week and a half out of the news, the bombshell that we've got, Two-time MVP Steve Nash coming to coach the team, right? Yes, that's. I think that's right. And if I'm if I'm gauging what you're saying correctly, you're just getting more and more pumped for this situation. Exactly, William. How do you feel? Oh, equally pumped. <laughs> good, good. I'm I, I'm 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 stoked. Excellent, William. Yeah. No, I think I. Yeah, I think I think if nothing else. It has been sort of a, a jolt of something so uh, far beyond what we were what we were uh, imagining that uh, I'm still sort of reeling from the the dizzying novelty of it. That uh, you know, whether it's good or bad, I have no idea. Right. But but the 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 unexpectedness of it is still. I'm still feeding off those juices. Right, right. Well, I, I'm glad to hear it, William. I mean, uh, it's just so much more exciting than, you know, anyone else on that list, as we already discussed. Um, and, you know, I know there's this uh, Ty Lue's <laughs> and his $7 million a year is, is attached <laughs> to every single team with a coaching uh, opening. But, yeah, I don't know. I just I think this is this is just it's out there. And it's exciting, and I can't wait to to talk more about Steve Nash, the man, the teacher, the coach. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, exactly. obviously, I'd, I'd prefer it if he were an assistant coach because this podcast, like, sort of fetishizes the assistant position. Exactly. We can't a, get enough of it. To them. an almost debilitating degree, but... Yeah, we, we need help. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. This is Karis's cast. Let's get into it. So, Karis Levert's... Karis Levert the trade episode. What we're going to do, I'm going to talk about potential trades with Eastern Conference teams. Simon's going to talk Western Conference trade possibilities, Simon. But before we do that, let's talk about why we might trade Karis LeVert. What What are the incentives to do so right now? Sure. Great question, William. Um, To me, the incentives are after the bubble. I feel like his stock has hit another, you know, it's, it, it, it fluctuates wildly. Um, It, it is uh, the, the Bitcoin of, um, of Nets players. Um, But I would say it's, it's at a high, you have people, you have pundits at least, I don't know about front office people, but pundits at least talking about like, you know, he, he is, Maybe the the most attractive asset that the Nets could use to 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 help get a star, people like Zach Lowe and stuff. Um, so there's that, and, and the fact that it, conversely, if he is on the team next year, um, executives will, as you've talked about, as others have talked about, they will see how he is as a third star, and I think there's some trepidation about that. He needs the ball. Is he maybe better coming off the bench? Um, can his catch and th- shoot threes are terrible? Um, he, yeah, so all of those things like c- can he actually fit on this team is a major, major question. Um, maybe even more so than Spencer. Um, uh, probably even more so than Spencer. Um, and uh, is there another reason? Um, I, I don't I, know. Here's, and, here's another reason. He, yeah. He's never played more than 57 games in a season. Right. Right, and we already have history. a notoriously injury-prone star in Kyrie Irving, um, yeah. and another one coming off the worst injury in sports. So perhaps we'd be looking for a slightly more proven, provenly durable guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And final thing that we might be looking for, at least a lot of my trades center around this idea, are our defense, right? right? So Karras is a is a microwave offense type of guy. The guy can get you buckets when you need a bucket. Uh, he can be a 20-point-a-game scorer, as he showed uh, in last year's playoffs and in the bubble this year. Um, but we already have two prolific scorers on this team in KD and Kyrie. We have a pretty solid score uh, in a backup role in Spencer Dinwiddie, were we to keep him. Uh, And so that does make that skill somewhat redundant and potentially superfluous. So we might need to be focusing on getting some players who can can bring it on both ends of the court. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And again, this is not to say that either of us is a full throated, get rid of Karis today guy, but you're right. As, as the, as the pundits point out, and as is just sort of self evidently true, his stock is as high, I think, as it's, it's ever, ever going to 
be with this team after his performance in the bubble in the playoffs. And he's shown out really well in two playoffs in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it amounted to one win in those two uh, <laughs> playoffs, yeah. but yeah. you know, the supporting cast was, was certainly wanting. Yeah. So as we go through this, just good to keep in mind. Uh, next season, he'll be making sixteen point two million, then seventeen point five the season after, then eighteen point eight the year after. So he's on a three-year contract after this that escalates a little bit, but it's in that sort of sixteen to nineteen million dollar range over the next three years. Pretty good uh, contract. I think regarded as a pretty good contract around the league, uh, particularly if you see the fact that he has only played 57 games ever in a season um, as a fluke and not as a, a inevitability. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, yeah. it's a fluke, baby. It's a fluke. <laughs> Don't look at the numbers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I went, um, Simon, and I don't. I do not have a trade for all all fourteen other teams in the East. But <laughs> the way that I did it was, I went from I just went from top to bottom in terms of standings. So I started uh-huh. with the Bucks and looked for a trade on each and every team, all the way down to the lowly Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow, that's thorough. Uh, I was I was very thorough on this, and I and you know I feel like each of these three guys deserves. My, our thorough analysis, right? Oh, yeah. It's thorough, baby. <laughs> it's thorough. It's thorough. So why don't I get us started, okay? It's okay. one of my favorite trades that I came up with. Uh, and it's it's with the, buck, the, the currently much maligned Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. People don't know what the hell's going up. Is Giannis going to sign the Supermax? Should he sign the Supermax? Do they need another star there? Are they giving him the support they need? They're getting a lot of heat for having let Brogdon walk last year. Right. And largely they let Brogdon walk because they signed another guard, Simon. A Mm -hmm. guard by the name of Eric Bledsoe. A man who... Just made for the second year in a row the all NBA all defensive team. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so he is a dogged defender, Simon. Yeah. Uh, and he's making about 15 million bucks a year. Huh. Which I don't know if you can if the, if you can crunch these numbers, but that's pretty darn close to what Karis is making. Yes. Now Bledsoe, the main knock on Bledsoe is that he has not shown up in the playoffs, right? And mm-hmm. by not showing up in the playoffs, that is not that he has not provided stalwart defense, which is his trademark. He has. He's yes. just not much of an offensive threat when other teams are scheming for him and doesn't bring it on the offensive end. As we mentioned in the lead up to this, we're not looking like we, if we need offense, give the ball to Kyrie, give the ball to KD, let them cook, right? You can scheme Mm -hmm. all you want. Those two guys are going to get buckets. So you're not going to Bledsoe is not going to be such an eyesore on a, on a team like the nets because we have two really potent offensive weapons. Um, and so because of how much sort of shade is being thrown at Bledsoe right now, I would imagine 
and how much love is given to Karis LeVert. I, I would imagine since their contracts almost match up exactly, we could do a LeVert for Bledsoe, but I think the Bucks might even be compelled to throw in a pick. Ooh. And so I'm thinking they might have to do, because the Bucks are looking to get scores that can help Giannis in the playoffs, because they just did not have offense, right? They're going to need a guy like Karis Laverse. They could give up Bledsoe, who they are disappointed in, plus a pick, that, and they could we could get a pick. You know, it'd be better if we got it a few years down the road and just hope that uh, a first-round pick a few years down the road and hope that Giannis leaves. Mm-hmm. But even, you know... Any first-round pick I'd be excited about in the next couple of years from them. Interesting. So well, let's own a pick. You like? You like? Or you, you that's just... compelling. I mean, it, it's very compelling. Um, you know, I, I – yes, I, the, my only worry is the same worry that you've mentioned in the, the reason why Bledsoe might be available is how horrible he's been in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, your, your arguments about why that wouldn't matter as much are, are compelling – uh, and yeah, we desperately need D. I wish he was a little taller. I don't know about you, William. He's got. I, I believe he has a, a really uh, long wingspan. Wingspan. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I think he's a guy who can guard one through three. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I, I and I've and I heard. I think when he was drafted. He spent a lot of time playing the two guard, so he doesn't have to be the. Uh, he can play off ball and be be a two guard. Yeah. So, who's your uh, who's your first one in the West? Okay, my first one in the West. I'm gonna start off. So I'm gonna start off with uh, a, a trade that I'm pretty sure will have me pilloried by the uh, Nets faithful here. Um, but just hear me out, folks. My trade would be uh, Karis Levert for uh, PJ Tucker. And uh, Robert Covington. PJ um, and we'd have to throw in something because that gets them to uh, like 19 million and Karis is about 16 million. So we'll throw, I don't know, let's say a, a Musa contract or some, some kind of filler, some, somebody that we're not, uh, a Lawawu, Cabarro, somebody that we're not, um, you know, super high on, or at least I'm not super high on. Um, to kind of make it work, but it's pretty close. Um, Covington is making less than $11 million. Oh, wait. Uh, I think next year he is making – yeah, sorry. Let me update my little thing here. But, yeah, basically those salaries work out. PJ is making $8 million, um, in his last year in his deal, um, and uh, Covington is making about twelve. So um, – the reason for this, and I know folks are not going to like that because you're talking about somebody that at least in Netsville is like, you know, a budding star and it can, you know, get you a ton of points and is very exciting to watch for two wing guys um, who have basically been told to just kind of stand there and shoot a three um, on offense. But the my my oh, God, sorry, let me get out of this. This does this uh Noise. Sorry. Okay, I'm trying to look up the payrolls and on a site that has uh, music. Anyway, sorry, folks. I, uh, I couldn't hear it. It's okay. Oh, you couldn't? Okay, you could just hear me freaking out about it. Yep. Okay. Yep. It was totally okay. inexplicable, which made it all the more charming. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Nothing doing. So, um, 
The reason I, I I think this is compelling and at least worth a look is that you are trading something that we have an abundance of, which is playmaking, ball handling, high usage for two players who who satisfy our biggest need to me, which is wing defense. Um and players that do not need the ball very much, which is good when you have two high usage players like um, Kyrie and KD, and you would in this trade still be retaining Spencer Dinwiddie. So you have three playmaking, uh, ball handling players still, and then you would add two of what you basically have more or less none of, which are big, rangy um, players who can play the three and the four, who are really good defenders. Um, at least, at least um, Covington has very good, like, uh, real defensive plus-minus numbers. Um, both are not knock-down de- um, three-point shooters, but they're fine enough three-point shooters. Sure. Um, especially if you play one or, one or both, you know, at times at the four, um, I think are, are quite compelling there. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like it's something to look at um, because of what the Nets need and because of what these players deliver. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love that trade. I think that would massively uh, enhance our defensive chops. But for that very reason, I can't imagine that Houston would be willing to do it because that would totally gut 100% of the defense, defensive identity of that team. Yeah, and they yeah. would go from from, you know, uh, pocket rocket, small ball, three-point shooting wizards who can actually stay on the court because they have these two great defenders to, you know, if they're not, if they're not making 45 threes a game, they don't have a chance. So, right. So this would only happen in, yes, I, I hear you. And I think these players would only probably become available in, in this sort of trade. Um, if the rockets kind of blow it up. Um, sure. Okay. And, and look for something to, yeah. So like for Tita's sick of this, he's, he's, you know, ditching D'Antoni. He's maybe ditching, um, who's the GM? Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. He's just like, he's had it up to here. His debt situation is terrible. And he, and he decides, right. I got to rebuild. Okay. So my, I liked, I like, I would, I would, I'd be in on that trade. Um, next four, Teams in the East, Raptors, Celtics, Pacers, Heat, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Raptors, there's some buzz about Siakam being disappointing and maybe he's going to be available and maybe they're blowing it up. I don't see any path towards us getting Siakam, but if there is one and it involves care, any iteration of Karis, Dinwiddie, or Jared Allen, go for it. Big time. Yeah, sure. Into it. Um but I, I just don't see that happening. Celtics, I would I would highly recommend that the Nets never trade with the Boston Celtics again for the rest of time. <laughs> uh, the Heat, I don't see a, a trade there either. I don't see anyone who would massively help the, the Nets. And with the Pacers, obviously, there's rumors that Oladipo may be available. Um, I'm a little bit skittish about the Oladipo yeah. Meister. Yeah, I hear um, you. After both his regular season return and his performance in the playoffs, the fact that he's only got one year left on his contract and he's looking to get paid, 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 paid. So, you know, I wouldn't be totally devastated if we went out and got him, but I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not real titillated by that either. 
So the next one, Simon, on the list on the East that I am interested in, let's talk Sixers, baby. Sure. So Sixers have two big boys, uh, and they need some shooting around them in a bad way, right? If they keep Embiid and Simmons together, they clearly need some guards who can who can score some buckets for them. What they yeah. don't need, Simon, is Al Horford. Sure, that's right? true. He's, and he probably was, desperate to get rid of him. He, yes. Uh, regarded <laughs> currently as one of the worst contracts in the league, right? Yeah. It's like $28 million a year. He was dreadful this season. Uh, really, really, really bad fit with Embiid on the court. It did not look good. So what I would suggest the Nets do is they package Karis LeVert and Torian Prince, which brings them to about 29-ish million, close to 30 million. And we get back, not just aging, awful contract Al Horford. Don't worry, Simon. I'm not a complete psychopath. Um, But we're getting off the Prince contract. We're giving them Karis LeVert. They could Mm. talk themselves into Prince, too, as a guy who could help as a 3 and D type guy. Uh And we're getting back defensive uh, stalwart sort of used to be maybe old and washed, but maybe good still just needs the right, right opportunity and defense budding defensive superstar Matisse Thibel. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like Horford and Thibel for Prince and Levert? I, so I, (laughs) I, 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 could talk myself into that. I'm a. I love getting rid of the Prince contract. Yeah. Um. And I that I comes think, up again in this in some of yeah, my trips. Yeah. Oh, I like where your head's at. Um. I do feel a little bit like you're kind of trading Karis Levert for Thibel in in a in a sense because you're kind of taking you know you're getting rid of one bad contract taking on another. Another much worse contract, about twice the cost. <laughs> so, but I, theoretically, Al Horford's still a decent player. He just was a bad, really bad fit in Philadelphia. Right, and if we put him at like kind of backup center who plays about the same minutes as, I mean, that's the other issue is like I don't know that he's a real power forward. But if you're kind of assuming that we're moving off of Jared Allen, we'd need another center. Maybe he could play some power forward minutes, although it seemed like that was when the Sixers were really at their worst. Um, but, you know, maybe. Um, if maybe you put him in the pick and roll more at the four. I don't know. Um, he's a good locker room guy. Heavens knows we need some of that. And we do definitely need, you know, de- exactly what Fiebel brings, defense, getting steals, being able to guard multiple positions. That's all great. Um but I, I guess I would kind of swallow hard at, like, could we maybe get more with for Karis? But I don't know, as we've talked about, how valuable Karis LeVert actually is to other um, GMs um, outside of Nets land. Um, all right. I'm going to mention one more, and then we'll go back to you, okay? Okay. Next on the list, eighth in the East, Orlando Magic. You know what I'm uh-huh. going to say. I yeah, know what I I'm going to say. It, Anyone who's listened to a single episode of this knows exactly what I'm going to say. It's a one-for-one trade. Aaron Gordon <laughs> for Karis LeVert. Bing, bang, boom. We get a big uh, defensive 
juggernaut in Aaron Gordon, a guy who could be unleashed on that end of the floor because he will not have the onus of getting buckets on the offensive end. Obviously, he'll still get his, maybe 15 to 20 points a game. Um, But what we're really going to need him for is to be the anchor of an elite defensive unit. And that is the role Aaron Gordon was born to play and a role that would be far more useful on next year's Nets than uh, another ball-dominant guard, which we have a glut of. Got it. Yeah. I, I, you know, again, that's another, like, I think both of those players are um, probably really depends who you ask, how valued they are. Um, but I, I, I hear you because like with the next one I'm bringing up that my biggest concern is that he's not really a wing defender Uh and Gordon is definitely a wing defender. Oh Um, yeah. The guy can do it all out there on the defensive end. Right. right. And dunk. And dunk. And is a credible three point shooter. Yeah. He's just not an offensive superstar, which I think some people were expecting him to develop into. Yeah. Um, so who's your next guy? My next guy, William, you know him, you love him. We've talked about him quite a lot on this podcast. He is probably, all things considered, and of people that are talked about as possibly being available, my number one go-to person, Drew Holiday. Um, Drew Holiday is making a 26, uh, no, tw- yeah, closer to... Yeah, twenty six point six, twenty six point two million dollars next year. So, um, you'd have to have Karis LeVert, who's making sixteen, as we've mentioned, and then you kind of make up ten million. I wonder if we could sign and then trade Garrett Temple. I don't know if that works. I don't actually know how the cap machinations would have to work for this because I would rather not give up more than Karis LeVert and maybe like a pick or something and. Players we don't really care about. A Musa, a, a TLC, maybe oh. a roadie. I mean, I think you're going to have to give up more than that for Drew Holiday. A lot of for, teams are looking for that guy. Yeah. Well, if, if you – yeah. So you need to get to $10 million somehow. Um, you could throw in Jarrett, uh, who would give you $4 million into that, and then you kind of make it up with Musa. I don't know. I'm a little – I'm a little skittish, but I guess I would. So I would like to not have to give up two of the three of our of our coveted players for Drew. But if it meant not having to give up more future assets, I I would. Um, so I think it depends what what you know. If it's a bunch of picks and two of those three, I would not be interested. If it's like one pick and two of those three, I would be more interested in. But. Um, and then another possibility that was brought up by Scoop B in a trade that I don't think actually financially works out because the Nets would have to be shipping out more salary probably unless Joe Sy was willing to pay um, to go even deeper into the luxury tax. Um, but he suggested – he claims that the Nets package for Drew Holiday would include – Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Jared Allen, and Musa, uh, as well as a protected future first. Um, to me, if you're going to bring in Spencer into the mix, you, you to make those contracts work, you have to bring in Dwayne Prince. 
and that means probably sweetening that with yet another pick. So to me, a a um, Drew Holiday um, contract, uh, Drew Holiday trade centered around Spencer is much less workable. But um, anyway, I, I just think here's what I think he brings, regardless of who we trade for him or not. I think he brings perimeter D which we so, so badly. He's one of the best defenders. His his defensive real plus minus is off the charts. He's, I think, 22nd in overall real plus minus, and that's mostly because of his defense. Um, he's a decent three-point shooter. I think he shoots like 36%. He can score. He's definitely not a minus on the offensive end. He can pass. He averages career, you know, a little bit under seven assists a game. He plays off ball mostly. Um and I think, you know, again, Aaron Gordon, much more of a wing defender, but I, I, he plays big and I've seen him guard like at least threes out there. Um, he's not like who you'd want on LeBron James or like a big wing. So that's still an issue, but he can, he can get up there for, for your small, you know, your, your smaller wings, um, I think, and definitely guard the one or the two. Yeah, I I am worried that because of the dearth of free agents and people that are available this offseason, yeah. Drew Holiday is starting to get a tiny bit overrated. And I think uh-huh. David Griffin is going to milk that for everything. <laughs> so whoever ends up trading for him, I think is going to be giving back, giving up a lot more than Drew necessarily is going to bring to the table. That said, I love him. I think he'd be a great fit. Um, but I definitely don't, I don't see him as, as being good enough to get rid of all three of uh, Spencer, Jarrett, and Karras, for sure. What? And you mentioned that you thought it was a lot to give up for the the trade that Scoop B um, suggested. Do you, do you feel like getting rid of Spencer and Jarrett? Do you think that's too much? Spencer and Jarrett, no. Okay. I would be. I would be at a protected first and Musa. Yeah, no, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I would too. I don't think it actually works, and I doubt that that. Is enough to get. I, I, I mean, I'm. I honestly, I'm. I'm to the point where I kind of want, and I know this is going to, um, uh, you know, contradict almost everything I've ever said. I think I kind of want Spencer on this team more than than Karras next season. How come? Uh, I think he's much, much more reliable in terms of just. You're, he's guaranteed to. At the B, as you've said it before, Kyrie insurance, right? Like he's a starting level backup point guard um, who really hasn't had many issues with injuries. And he's also clearly proven that he is comfortable coming off the bench or being in a role that is not... um, that is not a starting star, a third star type role, right? And so I just think that those that will be a more useful thing than what's going to emerge with Karis, which is going to be this very awkward and I think ultimately unsuccessful um, trio. And and that will only serve to, as we've said, decrease the value of Karis Levert for other, for, if we need to trade him down the road. Yeah, yeah, that that could definitely be. I I actually my view is that Karras is actually more malleable 
than Spencer in terms of his his ability. His like I think he will do whatever it takes for the Nets more so than than Spencer, huh. um, including coming off the bench. Especially if coming off the bench means that he kind of runs the team. He runs that bench. I think he'd rather be lead dog off the bench than stand in the corner and shoot threes. But I hear you, especially on the like the injuries, the fact that we could get something better for for Karras right now than we likely could um, later. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to go through a few of these quickly. The Wizards didn't really see much. I, in my wildest dreams, I was thinking maybe because they could very easily lose Davis Bertans to free agency. Uh-huh. So, because I think he's unrestricted. So maybe some sort of crazy sign and trade with them. Like they give us a first round pick and Davis Bertans, and we give them Karis Levert. Okay. Okay. But I, don't, I have no idea if that would even work or if that's good. I haven't thought about it much. Hornets, there's no one I want on the Hornets. Um, so that brings us to the Bulls. And friend of the show and blockmate James uh-huh. had a pretty suggested a pretty good trade with the Bulls that I think you might be interested in. It's Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, and our 19th pick this year. So our first rounder. For Otto Porter, who makes $28 million, so about what those two contracts are, plus their fourth pick this year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. How does that sound to you? I like, I like Porter. I think Porter brings a lot more on the defensive end. I think Porter is a proven um, off-ball guy, right? He worked well with Beal and Wall, and that's when he was really at his best. Um, and I think he would be a great third guy on the Nets this year. Plus, getting that fourth pick would be tasty, tasty, tasty. Yes, I. So I don't know anything about the. I I know that the the oft repeated thing is that the, the draft is not good this year. I don't know anything about what the top players are, who they are, what they could, you know, mm-hmm. how how they could help the Nets. But um, presumably, there you could get someone who who was immediately helpful. Presumably you um, could, but also you could use that as another trade chip. The that's fourth true. pick would be a very valuable trade pick. Right. So my only concern, and William, you might know this better than I do, but I thought there was some sort of auto got like hurt or something during the year. I don't really remember. Or, he, or had know. A, he had a bad year. I don't, I don't remember why, though. Okay. Or know yeah. why. But assuming that he's able to get back to the auto porter of, uh, you know, I don't know when when we signed him to the uh, to the um, offer sheet. That would, I mean, yes, he would be. Per, you know, he can guard threes and fours, maybe twos as well. Um, and yes, is a great three point shooter. Not not just credible, um, but great. Yes, agreed. All right, who's your next pick? Okay, my final one, and this is a true reach for the stars. William. <laughs> This would take a lot of different dominoes to fall here, but just hear me out. This would be Karis LeBert and pretty much anyone else on the team besides our other two stars to, to make the salaries work for Clay Thompson. Now, hear me <laughs> out, folks. I know what you're thinking. He's not available. What are you talking about? And that, I agree with you, is true in reality, but think about this other reality. Um... Clay is, you know, working out, 
you know, the, the wizard, the, sorry, the warriors are kind of looking at him and he's not quite who he was. He's, he's, you know, noticeably not as sharp as, as, as quick, as rangy as he once was before his quite serious injury that sidelined him for the entire year. Um, and they're thinking, okay, is, is a not totally up to par clay and an aging Steph Curry and an aging Draymond Green Really, what we can we really squeeze a championship out of out of this team? And you know, Wiggins. we think about and and Wiggy, and yes, Wiggy and Wiggins, Wiggins, and basically no salary flexibility and paying the luxury tax when your arena that you were counting on as an ATM can't be filled with player with um, fans for the foreseeable future. You know, what are we doing here? Also, they are, as you know better than I do, William, they're one of the teams that are thought to be in the um, Giannis sweepstakes. They have some some good draft uh, uh, collateral there for that, but the Nets would, I'm sure, happily furnish them with all of the picks they could legally trade um, for Clay. Um, and give in which would give the the Warriors all the ammunition they could need to you know win any sort of battle for Giannis um, if if Giannis says get me out of here or if the Bucks get skittish. Yeah, th- this is prime off-season fantasy land stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, the the one thing that that lends it some credibility, Simon, uh, is that like most Marks moves, no one would have seen this thing coming. <laughs> yeah, nobody except for the maybe next time crew. That is. Yeah, that's right. No, I mean, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love Clay Thompson on this team. But, yeah, a lot of teams would. I don't yeah. think any teams would. Not <laughs> I, I don't see it happening, but I'd love it to happen. <laughs> All right, so I've got two more, Simon, and I think both of them are tasty. Okay. Knicks we're not trading with. Pistons we're not trading with. They don't have anything. We don't care. Moving on. Final two. Atlanta Hawks. Right? You uh-huh. know them. I know we have a relationship with them. We trade with them often. We got Torian from them and gave them, I don't know, Jason, uh, not Jason crab, Jeremy Lynn, Alan crab. Yeah. We've done a lot with them. Uh, so we offer up our boy Levert bubble, superstar Levert second team, all bubble Levert. And in exchange, we get, a frustrated with his role, four million dollars a year. John Collins, hmm. who I love, and to make the money work, stretch five sleeper, maybe next time favorite, Dwayne Deadbond. <laughs> Good God, what sort of a contract is that guy on? <laughs> Thirteen million. That yeah, the Kings. Jesus. The Kings locked that guy up for a ton of money, and then immediately traded him right back to the Hawks. Thirteen million. I mean, I I liked him on my fantasy team as a waiver wire sleeper, but. Good lord, that's a lot of money for Deadmon. Right. So my the thinking is that the Hawks, after going out and getting Clint Capella, 
that renders John Collins' role somewhat questionable on that uh-huh. team because they're both uh-huh. going to be occupying that dunker spot. Yeah. And Dwayne Dedman also takes a further seat back now with a packed backcourt. Uh-huh. Or front court, sorry. Um, and... You know, if the money lines up, we could use both those guys in a big, big way. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Who, who says no there, Simon? I, I think uh, uh, I would say our, our current centers would be pretty upset about that trade. <laughs> <laughs> we'll handle them later. Yeah, big time. All right, final one, Simon. And it's with the lowly, lowly Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers, if they're not in blow-up mode, ought to be. Uh, But they have one albatross of a contract hanging around their necks. It's a former Kyrie colleague. Yeah. A guy who who rivaled Kyrie for... um, Inability to make it through a, an entire playoffs without getting injured. Uh-huh. A big boy from UCLA by the name of Kevin Love. Yes, and a fellow Moody Nudie. And a fellow Moody Nudie <laughs> who has courageously, Simon, come uh, spoken out about uh, mental health issues in the NBA. Yes, that is, that is good. Um, and so my trade, Simon would be Karis LeVert and the oft-mentioned Torian Prince to, to get us up to Enjoy. that to get us up to that 30 mil mil range, right? To get off another one of the worst contracts in the league, Kevin Loves, which is 31, 31 and then 28 million. So it yeah. is decreasing, which is nice, but still yeah. quite a lot of money for a guy no one's really into right now. I still think he has gas in the tank. I think he could be good on the right team. Guy's a rebounding machine. He could, he's a, cre- a very good three-point shooter, a good scorer. Um, so we would do those two for Kevin Love. So we're get, getting off, we're letting them get off one of their worst contracts. So we want something kind of sweet for that, right? Yes, please. It's, uh, I don't like this it's trade three so na- far. Okay, Kevin Love <laughs> and another Kevin, Simon, Kevin Uh-oh. Porta Jr. So it's, it's, it's going to be a second year in the league. He fell really far in the draft because of certain uh, personality issues in yes, college. Yes, another tood. Yeah, another tood issue, but showed <laughs> flashes of potentially being the best pure scorer in his draft class last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy I know I would be instantly enamored of, no matter yeah, how badly he flamed out. I would, I would be very, very intrigued by old Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, and potentially good perimeter defender, right? I think. Yes, I'm... athletic is all get out. Yeah. So, what do you think? Is Love's uh, contract um, too bad, or would you would would Porter sweeten the deal enough to to make that worth it? I think. Look, I I think pretty much any trade for an actual human being, I am more in favor of than a trade for like a ton of picks. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. once a, a pick, <laughs> once a pick manifests itself as a player, I might not feel this way, but in my mind, a pick is so much more valuable than like a player whose flaws, you know, et cetera. So anyway, that's a long way of saying, yes, I'm in favor of this. I think Porter jr is exciting. I think love would really, really help us. 
like a shooting four would be amazing, something we've never had. Right. And would make Kevin Durant would mean Kevin Durant wouldn't have to play the four. Um, not sure what we would do for defense, but we'll figure it out. You know, at some point, <laughs> maybe Kevin Junior could uh, could uh, guard one through four, which would be helpful. <laughs> that would be convenient for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Simon, we are running out of time. We actually yeah. have to turn to our other cast, which anyone who's <laughs> a fan of this would definitely be a fan of that. It is called You Talking to Menu? Yeah, a show menu? menu? You Talking to Menu, like a restaurant menu. Uh-huh. Um Anyway, check it out. Subscribe, like, rate, review, as you would this one. We actually have a mailbag from Luis Torres, but I'm going to hold off on that until next week when we do a deep dive. Let's do Jared Allen next week, and then we'll save for the last week Spencer Dinwiddie. I just think the Jared Allen one will be sort of a a more unique set of trade options. I feel like there's a lot of... It'd be really similar, a lot of the trades you could do with, with Dinwiddie and, and Levert. Uh-huh. Um, so we're going to do, do a deep dive into all Jarrett Allen possibilities next week. Simon, until then, what should uh, people do uh, in terms of rating, reviewing, um, sharing their experiences and whatnot with us? Yes, please rate, review us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star, please. We really would appreciate it. And it helps our self-confidence, which is at rock bottom. Um, uh, email us at maybe next time at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts, your questions, your um, concerns. insights, your concerns, your deeply felt concerns about the Nets or your personal life, whatever. Supreme Give it Court to justices. Us. Supreme Court. Who, you, who, you, who do you think Trump should pick? Mine is cotton, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think cotton has the temperament for it. For a justice, um, uh, maybe uh, he'll bring uh, Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions back. Oh, sure, <laughs> yes, exactly. That would be good. Yeah. Um, uh, oh God. No, okay. I mean, you so, just really, really, really have to hope that they do not have the political uh, capital and uh, abilities to be able to appoint this before the before the election. Yeah, I mean, you wish upon a star. I mean, the Democrats have done nothing to prove that they have any power to stop this, but uh, you no. have to hope they do. Right. They Somehow. already have a five five to three majority right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeedy. Six um, to three. I mean, and I, and I don't see Joe Biden as as a progressive uh, who's going to who's going to come in and 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 try to expand the Supreme court. So it would be a very, very dark time for the judicial branch of this government. Not that, you know, every other branch isn't, you know, miserable right now too, but right. Um, yep. Nope. It's, it's bad. So anyway, send us your thoughts on that to maybe this time at (laughs) gmail.com or send us a tweet or a Facebook. Check us out on Instagram at maybe next time. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening. Oh, my God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. 
Letter I read. If you like pina colada. 